0: Thank you for joining us for another week of critical podcast. I hope you've had a great week. I know we have, it has been insanely busy, uh, not only with work and personal life. Uh, we've actually had a crazy week for the podcast. We've got, uh, some pretty big announcements to make in the, in the next few weeks. Uh, we're just getting our ducks in a row before we make any big commitments or announcements. But, uh, what we have in the works, I'm I'm really excited for, um, across a lot of a lot of spectrums. We've got uh, some big Ontario interviews coming up, and uh, it looks like we've got a pretty substantial American interview coming up, which I'm really excited to get into too. Uh, but we'll save those for another day. Uh, today, I would still like to uh, get into it, so uh, let's do that. So today we're going to be talking about something I actually caught flack for from one of my previous guests. Uh, and that the topic is war on the West. And we're going to kind of just break down what's happening interpolitically within our country and more globally when it comes to energy and, and where we import-export and what that means between the federal and the provincial, and where that leaves most of the West. It's, it's largely centered around Alberta, but much of the West is very energy-driven. So we're going to get into that today and cover that as, as best we can. Uh, but before we get too far into that, let's just touch on this week's news. Uh, it's been a relatively slow week for, for any major developments. A lot of things have popped onto the horizon, it seems, Uh, We've now seen Health Canada has been issued the paperwork to approve or deny vaccines for 5 to 11, uh, which we all know will be approved. Uh, The question is, how will it be implemented? Uh, Again, we strive for free choice. Uh, I have my personal convictions about giving your children this vaccine. However, my personal convictions don't override a parent's choice to make that decision uh, i certainly believe there are a very small subset of at-risk kids that genuinely probably need this vaccine uh outside of the abnormally low category of high high risk um kids don't need this but nonetheless i will still fight for a parent's right to have the option uh, I, I certainly wouldn't want to be a parent on the other side of this argument who's being told they can't if this is something that's sincere to them. So I'm not super bothered by the concept of approving it. I'm extremely concerned when it comes to the concept of mandates. Uh, And for sure, that's going to be a talking point. It's going to be a topic we're going to have to cover. Um, Thankfully, it seems like the culture will not likely support it. Uh, even in California, where you've got like the most left leaning populace you can put together, uh, even there they have shot down mandates for kids. So I really don't worry too much. Uh, it's always in the back of my mind, but I'm not too, too overly. G- There's just too many other things I have to worry about, and that just doesn't meet the threshold of logical concern. I, I don't see it getting to the point of mandates for kids. Uh, but that's certainly on the horizon. We're, we're going to be dealing with that before Christmas, likely, uh, and, and how they try and incentivize that. If you've got, uh, in the States, they had Big Bird pushing vaccines in Sesame Street. Maybe uh, up in Canada, we'll bring back the friendly giant, and we'll start doing propaganda through him. But uh, what else happened this week? Uh, we talked last week about Doug Ford pushing, reopening the next phase. Uh, it... As we talk about that, this week I believe they'll be re- refloating the renewal of emergency measures, the uh, extension of the Reopening Ontario Act, basically the unilateral legislation that allows for any of these implements to be in place, um, so I would encourage everyone reach out to their MPs, uh, MPPs, sorry. Provincially and, and voice your concern, I fully expect it will fall on deaf ears, and we will see an extension regardless, uh, but that doesn't mean we should be defeatist. Uh, still, raise a stink, uh, rattle some cages, and uh, let's see if you can't join me in the junk mail inbox of as many MPPs as you can get. Uh, I know here in London, Middlesex, Elgin, uh, my MPP is... Uh, he will not uh, even receive my messages had I sent them, but I will send them nonetheless. Uh, maybe I'll send one from the political account, the uh, podcast account, sorry. Maybe that'll get through. Uh, maybe we can crowdsource an email. We can, uh, we can all pitch in together and see what we want to say. That would probably end horribly, like a, a 4chan nightmare. But uh, other than that, there hasn't been a whole lot new in the news uh, in the states you've got as we expected, the Sixth Court of Appeals in Texas has paused the mandate for vaccines in small businesses and med- well not even small large businesses, anyone over a hundred so the sixth court has upheld a injunctive uh block basically a uh daily wire is the lead of the lawsuit, and they have upheld that lawsuit from an injunctive perspective authorizing a immediate stop to the mandate um and just today as i record this the white house has actually come out since and scaled it back they have they have officially removed the mandate pending litigation so it still has to go through court but there is currently no active mandate federally from the states within the states obviously um but that that's a big win uh you're seeing cracks i would like to see more cracks in canada uh you're seeing basically both sides of the possible dichotomy at this point in the states you're seeing freedom fighters just generally winning small battles but battles nonetheless and on the other side of the world in in places like austria and germany you're seeing the absolute opposite happen which is Equally good in my eyes. Uh, Austria has now attempted to lock down only the unvaccinated. Um, complete, total government sanctioned segregation at this point. Um, we're very few steps away from dark times over there. Uh, and it's, it's crazy in a place. Germany's also announced that they'll be doing an unvaccinated lockdown. Uh, it's it's wild to see countries that should be hypersensitive. Uh, it'd be one thing for Canada or the States to kind of disconnect. I think it's just as irresponsible, but you would assume that these European nations that lived through the atrocities and not to paint with a broad brush, but but perpetrated a lot of these atrocities, um, you'd think they'd be a little more sensitive to the, the corollaries and the comparisons. But nonetheless, they're not. And they're pushing this segregation of society based on your status of a vaccine that largely doesn't even do what they say it is. It's not nearly effect as effective as was sold to us. Um, but I, I actually don't look at that as a bad thing. I don't look at these unvaccinated lockdowns as a, as a bad thing. I think there's a lot of people that are kind of just passive in their place uh they're kind of skating by and avoiding conflict well people's hands are being forced and and i don't look at that as a loss i think that's a good thing uh people kind of have to be poked and prodded to get to the point where they're going to fight for themselves uh i wish it didn't have to be that way it's certainly not not necessarily that way for myself but far too many people need to be pushed to right to the edge right till they're no longer comfortable and then they will react so you've got basically two ends of the same candle burning the the goal should end up being the same we're we're, we're forcing a resolution one way or another and that's good that's that to me is really good uh november 20th so to this is that's this saturday so before this airs they're going to have probably the largest rally uh, to date, I would imagine, globally, but at the very least for Austria. And uh, I say that because once the government put out that they want to ban unvaccinated people from basically society uh, within strict confines, uh, they put it to the police and the military to start checking papers in the streets. Uh, some definitely did. I've seen some pictures circulating, and it it is identical to, to some of the pictures in black and white from from days before. That uh, we shall not make the direct comparison, but we all know that the comparison is there. So the, the pictures are circulating. They did start to in, to implement this in the streets. However, the the police. Organization and the military have spoken out, and they said they're not doing this. We are we are not doing this, and furthermore, we're going to join the protests on the 20th. Uh, so I'm very excited to see how that goes. Uh, I hope that that spreads. I hope freedom truly is contagious, because Lord knows there's a lot of places over here that could really use it. But back to Canada and uh, shifting gears away from COVID. Because honestly, I get a little tired of it. I'm sure everyone can. Uh, but on to the next crisis. Nonetheless, we're, we're going to keep trucking in panic mode. Uh, if you're like me, uh, so I'm a, I'm a 90s baby. And uh, I grew up, I remember hearing the alarmism around acid rain. And when I was young, people were... Covering their cars with bed sheets and getting wean twos, and acid rain was going to destroy your paint. It was going to end the vegetation. It was going to be apocalyptic. Never happened. Uh, we saw the ozone crisis where the ozone was being depleted and it was going to cause catastrophic global catastrophe. Um, there's just been so many. Alarmist motives. And, and I'm not trying to be so casual and dismissive that I'm going to take a position that climate change isn't real. Uh, I, that's not what this argument is about. I, I simply want to highlight the fact that it is not strange for the powers that be at any given moment on either side of the aisle to create a overblown alarmist response to these issues rather than taking a calculated and tactical approach with reasonable actions. Um, not not to dismiss such like the ozone layer. Uh, we know that there was chemicals on aerosols that genuinely harmed the ozone layer. Okay. We, we know that we needed to do something and we did it and it, seems to have worked, it, it more or less regenerated to the point where it's, it's healed, whether that was a cyclical pattern or it was a cause and effect of our own actions. doesn't matter. It, it was a net positive. Uh, so I don't, I don't go into this topic trying to come off as a climate denier. I, I'm simply trying to bring the conversation, like we do here, to the middle. I, uh, I will own my bias And when it comes to the climate change scenario, I really don't have too much bias left or right. Um, I think we need to be responsible and good stewards of what we have. Uh, But I don't think we need to pay for the sins of Chinese waste management uh, or or India's pollution problems. Uh, You look at Canada and where we sit as far as pollution generation goes – and we're we're not even in the top of it. We're not we're not in a position where we need to be responding the way we are. Uh, yet, nonetheless, this is the next biggest crisis. If you listen to any of the top ten world leaders, uh, and I've I've just been around long enough to know that whenever they're freaking out about something, generally it's it's not half of what they say it is. Uh, and I've also found the opposite is true. When they're telling you not to freak out or they're downplaying something, it's generally the opposite. I, maybe I've listened to too much Michael Malice lately. Maybe I'm just accepting the fact that I might have some anarchistic tendencies or at least some ideologies of it. Uh, I just generally don't trust the government and there's plenty of backstory to, to substantiate that. Uh, I've had plenty more reasons and examples not to trust the government than I do to trust them. Uh, in fact, I'd be really hard-pressed to find an example of a time where the government did have our best interests at heart. And I think that's what's funny. When when people dismiss people with the title conspiracy theorists, um, and I, I, I'm i down for a good conspiracy just like anyone else, uh, especially if you're sitting around the shop with some beers. It's, it's a good time. Uh, just like pretending to win the lottery, what would you do? It's, it's nice to let your mind kind of just wander. But when it gets down to the nitty-gritty of it, you, you there's been too many things that have, that have come to light over decades that the government does sometimes do shady shit and lie to you. So to dismiss anything as a conspiracy theory is just to disconnect with reality almost. I certainly don't believe every conspiracy theory, and some simply just don't matter to me. Uh being somebody who entertains conversation, I don't have to agree with people to have conversation. But I've had conversations say take Flat Earth, for example. Uh I'm not particularly swung on it, but uh I'll listen to it. I can admit there's a couple there's a couple people that can make an argument that almost sounds plausible. But at the end of the day, does it even matter to me? It doesn't. The shape of the earth truly doesn't matter to me. And and simply saying that might upset a few people, that's okay. We're here to upset people and then keep talking. Um. But yeah, I, I don't think that climate change is a conspiracy, but I also don't think it's the next world-ending event. Uh, truthfully, looking at some of the science I've seen, it would likely go to reason that we've poked it along. We've certainly added to the climate crisis, quote-unquote. But there's also a natural cyclical pattern to it that isn't part of the equation. Uh, So just to outline where we are in terms of how we stand on it and what we're looking at, and we have to weigh all this when we look at what we're going to do to mitigate this so-called crisis, so when I say I think that Justin Trudeau is uh, laying down the groundwork or starting a war with the West, uh, I have to concede that when I say the West, I, I generally lump Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba as one clump. I think if they ever were to separate, that's kind of how it would break. Um, but largely, that's a huge chunk of the energy producer in this country. Is Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. You've got a lot of renewables, a lot of wind power and solar over in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Given the geographical trades traits of uh, those two provinces, it is a logical place to put that stuff. But, and largely, the green energy will likely see a boom in in the next decades and whatnot and if it's reasonable to do that for just clean energy purposes that's great i'm not against clean energy but alberta when you specifically get the center of my west analogy um everyone knows they are known for their oil production uh they are a very very rich province in oil sands uh and growing up oil sands are They were a bad word to say oil sands, much like fracking is today in the States. Um, But oil sands today are very different from what they were when I was a kid. Oil sand uh, extraction has... The technology has advanced leaps and bounds, and it is explicitly driven by the, the goal to be sustainable and good stewards of the Earth. Uh... And that's, that's driven by policy. You've got government policy dictating that X amount of percent needs to go back into sustainability and, and green projects, which is good. I, again, there is a case to be made that some regulation is, is necessary and appropriate. However, you've got Justin Trudeau, who has yet to sit down with Jason Kenney or, uh, the, Premier, or the premiers in the West and really develop a plan uh, to, to cooperate together on national interests and provincial interests. And to, to collaborate with the hopes and dreams of Justin's potential legacy and uh, the realities of the people that live in the West and, and that is going to impact. And you've got Justin Trudeau going to these global summits where he rubs shoulders with all of the elites... Uh, I believe they took, uh, they took the most uh, constituents of any G7 uh, to the CP30 or whatever summit they just had. But uh, here they made all these promises to be net zero by 2050, I believe it was, uh, without any consultation, without any regard for the West. And it's ju- it just speaks to kind of what he's set up. Uh, and just to outline kind of what I mean when he- I say he's set up, uh, we just saw when he got his new cabinet, he did some shuffles, and Stephen Gilbo, who used to be the controversial heritage minister who was pushing the internet censorship bill, uh, he is now the minister of the environment. And for those of you that don't know who Stephen Gilbo is... Uh, he is a man who has, to his credit, the guy has conviction and beliefs and he's stood by them. I can respect him as an individual for that. However, when you're talking about representing an entire country of people with extremely diverse perspectives based on on your politics or even your region, you you have no ideology, ideological sharings with anyone in, in Alberta. Uh, but Stephen Gilboa it was a Greenpeace terrorist. Uh, I should, I should watch that. Uh, I wouldn't call him a terror. I shouldn't call him a terrorist. Uh, but he, a Greenpeace criminal. I'll, I'll use that word. Uh, this man was arrested for climbing the CN tower and then repelling it. uh, with a with an advertisement of Greenpeace and and to push their agenda. So I I terrorist was the wrong word and I'm probably going to catch flack for that, but he was a Greenpeace criminal. He he did criminal acts to move forward a political agenda. And again, I can actually respect the continuity of his values. Uh, however, you can't bring your radical con- your radical ideals t- and use that in representation of a vast, diverse audience. So, it was problematic enough when he was heritage minister and he was talking about cracking down on YouTubers and independent content creators, uh, such as myself even. if If I will find out they're still pushing forward with that censorship bill, maybe we will be censored uh But now he's the Minister of Environment and and I just don't see how that reconciles with anyone in the West or anyone that represents or works for oil and gas. uh It's very clear without even having to to hear from him yet that this is somebody who wants nothing more than to just shut down. The livelihood of thousands of people. Uh, and he's been on record before saying, well, they can just get green jobs. Now, any average blue collar person like myself knows it's not so easy to just get another job in another field. Uh, sure, you worked oil and gas. That doesn't mean you fit any energy job there is. It doesn't mean you can just quickly transition to building solar panels. It doesn't work like that. However, that is how they feel. And this is this is the team that they're setting up. And they're making promises on a world stage. Uh, commitments on behalf of people they won't even talk to yet. Uh, and it's just... Given the, the tensions in the West already, it, it seems almost intentional. And that's why I use such strong language like war on the West. Because knowing where they are and knowing how they function... For you to continue forward, moving this, it has to be deliberate at some point. At some point, people have to be like, "Okay, come on, this—you're joking, right? Like, no, this is this is our everything, and here you're promising it away to to foreign dignitaries while while off rubbing shoulders. Um, you want to talk climate crisis? Let's not fly forty Boeing jets to Geneva." Let's not take a motorcade of 40 vehicles through the streets. Let's we, We've now done two years of remote work. We've done two years of remote education. Have a friggin' Zoom meeting. You absolute woke snob. But no, it's, it's not about your actions. It's just about what you say. But this is the world we live in. Your actions don't actually matter. As long as you portray that you... you are with the agenda. But as tensions have already, over the last, honestly, 10 years, been rising in the West, I, th- I think we're bound to see a uprise in a separatist movement again and a WEXIT, uh, a West exit. Uh, I think it's inevitable at this point, and up until this year, I probably would have said, you know what, I think it's a bad idea for the country. I, I think we need to try and rectify our issues and sort out our differences and make this good again however given the current structure of what they're dealing with i don't i don't i not only don't blame them i think they kind of should split and I, I would honestly be as much as tempted to join them uh I, I would genuinely consider leaving ontario if alberta took a stand and said no we're not doing this Uh, you guys, good luck. Uh, Best of times, but, uh, count us out. And I just, Trudeau talked about working on unity and bringing the West back in, but it just seems every turn, the major political parties on both sides. I, I, I'm going to place the blame where it belongs today at, at Trudeau's feet because he's been in charge for seven years and he's going to be in charge for probably another four. Uh, so right now it all falls at his feet, but make no mistake: there's no party in federal that is is talking about unifying. PPC, perhaps. Uh, again, they they've picked bigger issues to fry. Um, but but the main two, even the main three: NDP, Conservative, and Liberal, they have shown no attempt to unify uh, the the provinces, and there it's a growing divide that I don't think you're going to be able to miss for much longer. I, I think it's going to come to a head soon. And I think it might come to a head in so much as you're going to see equalization payments stop. Uh, and just to break that down to people, uh, cause that's a bit of a, a difficult concept. Equalization payments are basically Alberta makes so much money off of their energy sector that they're, provincial tax load is is so much in the green that they actually share their profits with provinces that struggle uh newfoundland nova scotia i believe even quebec gets equalization payments um which is absolutely wild to me uh i i believe it is done in the vein that they're canadian resources so what's good for one is good for all it's it's we don't operate like the States do where you're basically a mini country within we're more of a a cooperative environment. So Alberta pays equalization payments to the provinces that struggle financially. Uh, and it's a scaled, it's, it's a scaled rate of who gets what, uh, and it's based on everyone's income but nonetheless, Alberta doesn't owe that to anyone, in my eyes. And if you harm the energy industry over there, you're harming every province that gets an equalization payment from them, uh, which would be absolutely devastating to the east, uh, which which generally doesn't have the best economic situation, uh, and it needs it needs equalization stimulation, or else. They're just in one of the worst spots they could be. I just, it's it's attacking the energy industry in a time of global crisis is probably the the stupidest thing you can do. Uh, and, and simply, it will it will drive foreign oil purchasing, which is I again we're we're touching on the conspiracy side. But I, I'm inclined to believe that there's almost motive in it. Uh, we've got a storied history of Justin Trudeau greasing the wheels of his friends. Uh, s and Lavlin, for one. Uh, we Charity, for another. There's, you can go back countless businesses. Justin Trudeau is not uh, adverse or not against uh, greasing the wheels that will grease his. Uh, he'll give contracts where he knows he's going to get a kickback. And I, I can genuinely say that without speculation. We've now seen this happen on the record. Uh, so it does not surprise me if we find out that, yeah, he's sending our oil purchases to OPEC, uh, which is the offshore uh, Arabic oil industries. It's the non-Canadian oil uh, by by attacking Alberta oil, you're going to increase demand on foreign oil. Foreign oil is not cheap, uh, and in a time of supply chain issues, to be damaging your current production and becoming again further reliant on supply chains, uh, it's just wild to me. It's it's so negligent that it it almost becomes conspiratorial really uh there's got to be motive to it at that point and as we see the gas prices rise I, I think that's the easiest way for the average citizen to realize what's going on with with inflation uh it it's it's wild how much this ties together like i didn't even plan to have jot notes and i i can already tell i'm jumping around because there's so many interconnected pieces to this uh, if you attack Alberta oil, you're going to raise the price of oil. You're going to raise the price of oil because you're bringing it from offshore. You're going to bring it from offshore. It's going to be harder to get here. The harder it gets here, the less supply. The more less supply it goes. It's just a never-ending snowball that's going to end with us having gas prices like Europe or California. We'll be seeing, I genuinely think within the next two years, you're going to see $2 a litre for gas. And it, it makes me sick to think that. Uh, but I I don't see it changing. Uh, these people want to push it to the point where people can't afford gas vehicles. Uh, there is there is certainly a group of people with the goal of, of quote-unquote clean renewable energy which again i i'm good we can we can coexist we can work towards that goal without cutting our nose off uh you you don't have to to destroy an industry only to then build a replacement up in its rubble uh i think that the best and most responsible goal would be to try and stimulate both simultaneously and get to the point where you can transition smoothly without a hard line but without question, there is there is people in this space that would want nothing more than to cause the total destruction of oil and gas if only to force a movement in their direction. And yeah, I, I'm at a loss because it, it really does feel like we're at a point where our leadership federally, is just disregarding uh, a giant section of our country. Uh, It's no longer being led for the benefit of the country. Uh, It's being led for the benefit of the few. And it's not a new concept that the West has been alienated. Our electoral system explicitly corners them out. Uh, they, They have largely no significant input in the overall federal election and I I don't mean to to dismiss it too much they they certainly have some input but proportional to how much they contribute and how many people they represent it's not the same uh unfortunately most of our federal elections are are won and lost in the greater Toronto area and portions of Quebec. Um, It's just fundamentally been set up to, to ignore the West. And this isn't new. This is not new at all. We've had Western separatists happen before and fail. I believe they even had a referendum at one point. But in totality, when you zoom out a bit and you look at all of these parts... Which is why it's hard for me to stick on a topic. There's just so many angles that I see this happening that you can't ignore it at some point. And unfortunately, we're along for the ride. Uh, climate is going to be the next coronavirus. It's going to be the next major policy push. And it's, it's going to impact everyone's life. Uh, again, just like coronavirus, whether it's merited or not, whether the situation warrants that response or not, this is what's going to be happening. Uh, you've already seen in places like India, where they have, they've gone down to climate lockdowns. Uh, so, where does it end? And again, we, we compare it back to coronavirus. Pick your lines, pick your battles early, and you don't have to fight them late. Your battles early, if you, if you just say, hey, we're no, we're not playing this game. It's easier to fight at the start. And again, like we, we want to contextualize our risk just like we do with with especially when you're being manipulated or persuaded based on fear, you want to have a good grip of what's going on and and what relative risk is. Uh when they are pushing these these climate agendas, it's important to realize where we are in it all. Uh, Canada already, by most studies I've seen, we're already below carbon neutral. Uh, we have, given the fact we have such a, a large forest landscape and above certain parallels, we, we there's really not a lot of civilization. There's a huge portion of our country that is just agriculture or just un- touched to begin with um so based on our emissions versus our cleaning ability given our our trees and our our greeneries we are already likely carbon negative so at what point do we keep chasing rainbows in in the vein of being woke and progressive and we're doing something Meanwhile, we offshore all of our pollution to China where it's not managed well. Where the plastic industry will just dump into the ocean. Uh, or you you offshore to India where they do the same thing. For a while, Canada was actually trucking their recycling to a third world country where then they just dumped it in the sea. So we literally paid people to take our garbage and dump it so we could say we didn't. Uh, it, it's all been... Again, everything comes back to the same core fundamental th- problems. People want to seem like they do something even if it doesn't make a difference or if it's not even needed. We we live in this shallow culture where it's all about virtue and and signaling that you care rather than actually doing something. Okay, let's let's talk real climate advancement. Let's let's do something. Okay, let's sanction India. Let's sanction China. Oh, no, we can't. We can't. We can't talk like that. We can't that, that's not politically right we we couldn't that's not our place we can't do that no we we're better off to just lock down alberta get rid of the oil we'll buy it from saudis okay and then let's look at their pollution let's let's it's just so surface level and i think that's part of why it makes me so damn mad is uh It's so surface level and you see through... Once you see through... It's the whole red pill, blue pill thing in the Matrix. Where you can take the blue pill and you'll just blissfully be ignorant to all of it. Or you can take the red pill and you'll see everything. But you can never shut it off. You can never unsee it. And that's kind of just where we're at. Where everything's just so transparent to me. Yet nobody else sees it. And again, that's why we're having these conversations. Uh, We're having these rants. Where we can hopefully, because again, I I'm not against progressing in the energy industry. We need to eventually plan to leave oil, at least to some degree, behind. If we can move towards cleaner energy, w- whether I want to or not, we're we're duty bound to progress in a in a responsible manner. I'm a conservative person. I'm I like hunting. I and the two of those work together. I I as a hunter. I want to see the conservation of our environment, of the the animals. I don't want to see them overhunted. I want to see sustainability so I can continue to hunt in a responsible manner. The same thing goes for oil and gas, energy, any of it. I, I want to, to do the best I can with what I have in a responsible manner. So if that means slowly progressing towards different energy sources, I'm not against that at all. I You just have to do it in a, in a way that's not self-damaging and and just going to destroy your left arm in to to favor your right like it's just crazy to me and the fact that we can't have a a responsible and again there's no opposition to this either aaron o'toole has been completely vacant he's not in alberta having a press conference which should be politically tactics that that should be exactly where he was the day after this got announced he should have been on a flight to Alberta, stand up there with Jason Kenney and say, "Hey, we support oil and gas. We're not. We need to have a conversation. Let's sit down and work this out like men, and not disown a giant chunk of our our country." Uh, and again, but this is this is where O'Toole was just—he's feckless. He's abs- It makes me ashamed to be a conservative in card-carrying capacity only at this point. Um, but again, it's just, it's so easy to be like, Hey, I can turn this into my own political points and I can do it for the betterment of the country. That's a win-win. You don't have, I really don't even care if a politician does it because they feel good and, and it's the right thing to do. I don't care if they do the right thing for the wrong reasons. That's good with me. You can have, again, a lot of politicians suffer from personality defects that that lend to that profession. There's a reason you see a lot of egotistical politicians, self-centered, self-interested. The job attracts certain types of people. And that's fine. There's other types of people that don't could never do that job. You've got very introverted people that could not do that job. So it, it I don't mean to fault that, but there's no question politicians lean towards the egotistical and borderline narcissistic side. Uh, Not every politician is egotistical or narcissistic, but in that field, it definitely attracts a certain type of leaning. So again, I don't care. Do the right thing for the wrong reasons. That's cool with me. Be self-centered. But it's like, even when you have an opportunity, Mr. Aaron O'Toole, you won't take it. Uh, Get out there and start pushing this because this is the next huge issue. Uh, and Justin Trudeau sees it he's making his moves to pursue it he's put a Greenpeace eco criminal at the wheel what are you doing what are we doing it's nonsense to me and it really gets under my skin it makes my blood boil because again I can I can see it I can see it all happening and there's no one talking back there's no opposition and again, maybe it's behind the scenes. I, I just don't believe it at this point. So maybe I've made my case. Maybe maybe I've just ranted. But uh, where do you see it? Let me know. Do, am I am I wild? Am I crazy? Or as am I am I kind of near the target? Does it feel? I, I've got friends I've talked to in the West, and from what I'm hearing, I'm not crazy. I might be a little too passionate, but I, I'm not. I'm not swinging strikes here. Um, but yeah, it. we'll see what comes of it. I, I certainly think that this is the next battle. Once we get through COVID, it'll be this. And you know what? Given the history, I'll take an energy crisis, uh, inter-political problems over energy, over the nonsense we're dealing with now. Uh, but man, something's got to give. We need a win here, folks. Um, And on that note, uh, I will likely, our next episode's definitely going to have a guest. Uh, I haven't narrowed down which one. We've we've got options now. Uh, I've got a a schedule to make this weekend and map out what we're going to do and when. I'm super pumped. I can't wait to tell you guys um, what all has got coming. Before Christmas, it looks like. We should be able to Iron out our schedule and have it all filled before Christmas, and we'll take a little break. Uh, but until then, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope that we have a big win this week. I, I've we've had two weeks in a row where it's just been net neutral. I uh, I'm ready for a win, folks. Uh, so we're just gonna we're gonna manifest that to happen. We're going to to will it into power. As always, we just ask that uh, you pay the fee. If you enjoyed this episode, if you liked what we had to say, if you got a kick out of our, our take on it, uh, we just ask that you share it with a friend. Uh, this structure has been working out really well so far. A lot of you have been awesome with uh, with sharing our content. So we thank you from the bottom of our heart. Uh, it, we couldn't do what we're doing today if it wasn't for folks like you. So thank you for sharing. And, uh, if you want, drop us an email, our, our emails in the show notes and, uh, our socials are as well, uh, until next week, take care of yourselves and, uh, keep it between the lines.